Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Nation, your birds boys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald, aka Mac and Mac, hanging with you. Johnny Mac's gonna stay for about a half an hour, then he's got to run over to South Philadelphia for Eagles uh, before practice session with Brian Johnson, the new offensive coordinator, and then an entire Eagle practice. Uh, John McMullen was glad to be with here with me yesterday. That means he didn't need to go down and cover the massive run on Eagle Kelly green jerseys. At the oh boy! Door. We're starting. We're starting right away, huh? Yeah. You, I can't. You, you can't we get over the results, this? Johnny Mac? Yeah. The results are in. Uh, oh yeah, I saw the, the Taylor Swift. Can't get results. enough of these jerseys. Yeah. Hey, look! If you want your pocket picked, enjoy it. I always say, like what you like. I don't care. I, I think people don't understand my my thought process here. In fact, I'm surprised the NFL. I say it to you, Jody, all the time, hasn't gone the Oregon route and just makes it the wild, wild west. And, hey, have a uniform for Thursday night and Sunday afternoon and Sunday night and and do it all. And if you want to buy it, have fun. Knock yourself out. I'm. It's more of a shot against our industry, Jody. I'm like, I call this the, the show for the smart fans. Like, all right, they got Kelly Green jersey. I told you when they're going to be wearing them. And that's that. And now we got training camp going on. It's like off season. All right. You know, maybe there's some things, but I don't know. There's football going on. And 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 if the Eagles lose and the Kelly Green jerseys, guess what? People are going to be upset. And that to me is the bigger part of it. So I'm like, if you like it, like it. But all right, 
let's turn the page. Can we please turn the page? No, and I'm, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking I'm to other people. I'm not a really superstitious guy. I won't say there aren't certain things that I believe there's a little karma attached to, but I'm not an overly superstitious guy. Yeah, if the Eagles lose in the Kelly Green uniform, I'm not going to go nuts. And anybody who does, come on, uh, you, you really think? No, I meant, I meant if they lose, and I, I, I uh, meant, anything else. No, I, I don't. I, I didn't mean it from a superstitious uh, fashion. I'm not superstitious at all. Um, I mean it from a if they lose in anything, the the fans are going to be pissed off. If they win in anything, the fans are going to be happy. That's that's my larger point. Um, so the uniforms don't matter. Um, but if you like them, buy them and have knock yourself out. I mean, that's that's hey, like what you like is what I always say. And I, I will give cut the fans this much slack. The Eagles are well behind us. There's uh media oh yeah, media they're all there. They're they're selling it pretty darn good and getting all their star players to wear it and pose in it and do videos in it and the like. So it isn't this isn't just Jody McDonald or any other. Well, they're making money, Jody. Hyping it. The Philadelphia Eagles are the ones who are hyping it. They're making money. It's a marketing thing. It's a Don uh, Smolensky thing. And that's his job to make money. But it's not my job to help them make money. Um, now there's, you know, there's different, obviously TV stations are a little bit different and they're going to get video and they're going to play it up and it's more of an entertainment landscape, but yeah, it's not my job to help. They, they got, they got enough money. I don't, I don't have, I don't have to help them line their pockets any Here, further. Here's what I consider my job. Um, my job is to relate to Eagle nation. And if they cared that much about it, then it's worth talking about. And do I, am I here to, is Jeff Lloyd going to give me the smallest little cut? No, absolutely not. Not going to make any money for me. So I don't care about the money making end of it. I care about the fact that Eagle fans care about it. And they came out and proved it yesterday. It showed that they care about it by jettisoning, uh, uh, moving Jalen Hurts in midnight green, taking over the number one spot in Eagle jersey sales in the NFL, replacing Jalen Green uh, in Midnight Green. He went in Kelly Green from number one to being the number one jersey seller. They changed the color, didn't change his spot as the number one selling jersey in the NFL. It just widened the gap between he and number two. Yeah, that's something that's worth talking about, even if you're right that the actual uniform they wear is going to have nothing to do with the outcome of no, games. nothing to do. Well, I, I you know... I'm a I'm a traditionalist. So there's a lot of fans who complain about sports talk radio or or clickbait reporters or things like that. Well, you know, if if you take the clickbait, they're going to keep doing the clickbait. So from my perspective as a reporter, um, you know, if an editor tells me to do a Kelly Green story, I'm going to look at him like he's a freaking you know what. You know, let somebody else let let an aggregator handle that. They they can do that and 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 we can get down. If if you don't so for the people that do complain about sports talk radio or about reporters if you don't let us elevate the conversation, 
the conversation ain't getting elevated. That's, you know, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if you click on the Eagles are wearing Kelly Green 10 times, and by the way, they do, Jody, 10 times more than what's going on at training camp, that's what you're going to get. So it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. But, and this has hurt me in my career, I I don't have to play into it. You know, I'm trying to elevate the conversation. I don't have to play into it. I All I say is, I don't care about jerseys. I don't care about numbers. It's meaningless. But people are welcome their, to their opinion. They can love it. That's that's up to them. But, you know, <laughs> they're not going to care once the game starts. And if they lose in the Kelly Green, they're going to be pissed off. It's not going to make it better. It's not going to make it better. Um, so it's like if you see a pretty girl, everybody's got different tastes. I like this jersey. I like that jersey. Like what you like. That's fine. But I I don't like when people like me are asked to do stories about Kelly Green, about marketing stories about Kelly Green uniforms. That's my pet peeve. Fine. Uh, mine is, again, uh, I, sometimes you need to be a leader and sometimes you need to be a follower. And when the Eagle fans make as big a statement as they did yesterday on how much they want the Kelly Green, they need to pick Kelly Green, they're willing to shell out for the Kelly Green, then I think you have to acknowledge it. It's going to go by the wayside. It's going to become a non-story here in 24 hours. A 24-hour news cycle is a big deal for 24 hours. And then we get back to how much distance is Cam Jurgens put between himself and Steen for the right guard? Yeah, we haven't even talked about that. Well, well it's been it's already been more than 24 hours. The Eagles have done a tremendous job with this. They've done a tremendous marketing job. But guess what? If they changed their uniforms to something else, it would have been the same thing. Yeah, people think would so. want the new things. Yeah. Uh, it, it would have been not even thing. not even close. It would have been the same thing because they like the team. They like the organization, um, you know, and, and they're going to buy and they're going to support the merchandise. That's why I said when Washington changed their name. Now, if they had a better owner, I was saying they were double dipping from a marketing standpoint. Now, it didn't matter because they're so hated. Daniel Snyder was so hated. You know, nobody wanted. But if Josh Harris wants to change it again, he's going to get a he's going to get a tidal wave of merchandising money wherever he goes because now they're excited they're hyped up and all of that kind of stuff as far as the eagles specifically hey congratulations they when made the a lot eagles, of money when the eagles debuted the black jersey it didn't come close to matching up what the Kelly Green has done here in the last couple of days. Not even, not even in the same ballpark. They made a nice couple extra bucks because they were able to sell new uniforms. Right? Give them anything new, somebody's got to bite because there are people out there that have to have the newest thing. Black as compared to Kelly Green, it's not the same thing. Kelly Green is history. Kelly Green was here forever. There, there is just no lore to it that other uniforms couldn't possibly bring. Well, then the, the bigger table. story there is Jeffrey Lurie changing it to begin with. And oh, Jeffrey was? Lurie made that decision. W- were you so. covering the Eagles in 1994? No, no, I but was. I know he made the And that decision. was a big story. That was a big deal. And I'll be honest with you, Jeff Lurie wasn't the most popular guy in town at the time. 
No, I know he wasn't. Just him making the decision. I don't like Kelly Green, so let me flush 50 years of Eagle history here. And they well, eventually a, got used to it, and it became well, that's fine. What I'm but Jeff Lurie has been looking to correct that law that wrong for a very long period of time. But that that kind of proves my point. Yeah, I mean, people don't like change to begin with, and I'm more a traditionalist. I would have never changed the uniform to begin with. But um, you know, if if you went to an Eagles game over the past, you know, since 2016, since I've been here, and I've been to every single one, and really 2015. I've been to every single one since that year. Um, there's 65, 70,000 people at the Eagles game. If 30, 35,000 are, are wearing jerseys, at least 32, 33 are wearing the current jerseys, not the Kelly Green jerseys. You would see the throwback Reggie Whites and a throwback Jerome Browns here and there. But the vast majority of the fans – we're wearing the current jerseys. Understandably so. That's how it works. They're going to wear the what's current. So if they go back to the Kelly Green and make it their permanent, it'll be the opposite. Uh, they like the team. Whether they recognize it or not, whatever they're going to wear, they're going to support, especially in this city. But, it, it, you know, nostalgia, whatever you want to call it, but yeah, Cam Jurgens, the fact that uh, Nick Sirianni again, you know, kind of went out of his way to say it's not his job. To me, that's a far bigger deal than Kelly Green. And I know I'm losing this battle. I put it on Twitter, Jody. I know to the vast majority of people, that is not the case. The vast, vast majority. But that's how you get into the spots. That's how you have self-fulfilling prophecies. Uh, if that's what you want, that's what you're going to get. Well, and that's a true. shame. Not always true, John, because people wanted the return of Kelly Green 10 years ago, 15 years. You don't always get who you want. Sometimes you have to adhere to rules and change takes time. And no, in I'm this not case, talking the Eagles. Back. I'm not talking the Eagles going back to it. I'm saying if that's the kind of stories, if that's the kind of coverage Eagles fans like and want, that's what they're going to get. That's what I'm saying. That's okay. my pet peeve. And mine is, it's a one-day, two-day Mac story, and then we can get back to talking football. So the little diversion off the main road for a couple of days. It's already it's been not... more than one day, Jody. John, how many times did we mention Kelly Green yesterday? Quite a bit with Kerr. We were joking about it on on Twitter. Oh, that's right. Kerr went uniform there. Guy. That's right, because Kerr went because you you know Kerr's a big uniform guy, yeah. so you went there. I wouldn't have brought up Kelly Green yesterday. I wanted to wait to see what the actual response was when they made him available, and what it was was the Eagle fans couldn't get enough of it. So uh, we'll see a whole bunch of Kelly Green jerseys when they get down there. Will they be seeing Cam Jurgens as their starting right guard? Nick Sirianni won't call it a competition over yet but Jurgens has started all three days so far and Steen has had some issues he's a rookie he's playing a new position I guess it should have been expected but he's had a bunch of pre-snap penalties and the like is this competition already over well I, I don't think it's over for the simple fact that Nick is going out of his way to say it isn't over like I, I mean there's other competitions going on uh, or, you know, they're probably not competitions. And and this seems to be the only one 
running back, but everybody knew was going to be sort of a committee approach in training camp. And then we'll see how they whittle it down. Um, but even that is, you kind of see it shifting towards DeAndre Swift. Um, you know, camp's taken all the first team reps. Tyler Steen hasn't gotten one first team rep. Now the pads haven't come on and, and they can today and we'll see if the Eagles put them on, uh, but they're permitted to. Um, and Nick kept saying, you know, basically the pads, he said it's early, the pads aren't on. Um, and this is the third time, if you go back to the off season, when people would ask him about Cam and he wouldn't sort of give him the job, which I have no problem with that. You shouldn't just anoint somebody. Um, but you know what? They anointed a Kobe, Nicobe Dean. And if you think about their perspective, now it's different position. Nicobe's a natural linebacker. There's no question. Like he's the starting middle linebacker. He's the green dot. Everybody in the organization is lined up behind Nicobe Dean. Now, if you think about that, Jody, what is the difference between Nicobe Dean and Cam Jurgens? Well, there's one obvious one. He's changing positions, so that's more difficult, Cam Jurgens. But Cam was the second round pick, and Nicobe was the third round pick. Right. Um, and they're not lining up behind Cam Jurgens and saying, This is our guy, this is our guy, this is our guy. And then if he falls on the space, you can make a decision, you can make a pivot at that point. I'm a little bit surprised by the way they've handled it. They've handled it, excuse me, <clears throat> to be honest. I'm a little bit surprised. The only other difference is, and uh, I don't know if it was planned as it was or if that was just the way the draft board fell and they made the pick that they made, they turned around and drafted a potential competitor for that position in the same exact round that they took Jerkins a year before, a second. What other moves did the Eagles make for a linebacker to give N'Kobe Dean competition at middle linebacker? Well, I'll there is you. competition, but Tyler's a third round pick. He's not a second third, round pick. Excuse so me, sorry. Cam, Cam's, you know, Cam was fifty first overall. Uh, Tyler was the third round pick. That was only sixty five, so it's not a huge disparity. Um, but you know, there's, you know, how that goes: second, and third round versus third round tags. You're right. There isn't competition. Maybe if there were. Um, yeah, Eagles Somebody. use that. Eagles use a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, or a seventh round pick to draft a linebacker to give Nicobe a little competition. No, uh, no. did but, they sign any free agents during this uh, off season to come in and give Nicobe a competition? No. So it's kind of by default that Kobe had to be handed the linebacker thing, or that they just felt so confident that well, we that's don't the need point. to have your, that's what I was here. Gonna he's going to be that good. Here's the middle linebacker position, Kobe. We don't even. Uh, fear bringing in someone else behind you. Uh, they're in two different positions at the, those two different positions. Um, I, you know, is it, that's what I was going to say. Is it defaulting to, to him or is it purposefully defaulting to him? I think they're purposefully defaulting to him. They are not purposefully defaulting to Cam Jurgens. Again, the most obvious answer is, it's because he's changing positions um, and he's not a natural um, guard um, and he was brought in to play center. Um, so that's the most obvious scenario. Plus, you know, they have this history of, of having 
big bodied guys next to Jason Kelsey to sort of make up for his uh, undersized aspect of his game. Uh, and Cam doesn't offer that. Uh, it's sort of undersized, undersized. Um, so there's a couple little tweaks, but I do think it's, you know, it's pretty obvious um, he's going to be the starting right guard unless he completely falls apart. And because it's pretty obvious, I'm curious as to why they seem to be hesitant to, in other words, I would go about it and say, like with Isaac, people forget when Isaac was a younger player, you know, they defaulted to him at left guard. They wanted him to be the left guard in the 2017 season. He started the season as the starter and he didn't play well. And he got benched for Stefan Wisniewski. Um, I would have went about it. I would have gone about it that way and say, all right, he's the guy. He's the one getting all the first team reps. Now, eventually, if he shows up in week one and week two and he struggles, maybe you have to rethink it. Um, but I'm kind of, I'm just kind of surprised that they've singled out him as sort of the guy. And this goes beyond, uh, Nicobe was just the first example, but any other position where it's, you know, whether it's Reed Blankenship or, or, or somebody of that nature. Cam Jurgens, who's a pretty high-level pick, is the one who's getting the, or you got to prove it uh, uh, to us, treatment, which it's, it's a little bit weird. But which I don't is, know why. Which is more important, actions or words? Nick Sirianni hasn't come out and said yet, yeah, Cam Jurgens is the leader in the clubhouse. Cam Jurgens, Cam would have to lose the job. He hasn't verbally gotten there, but how many reps has Steen gotten with the first team so far in the first three practices? Zero. Now, it's going to be interesting today if they do have the pads on because maybe, you know, maybe they'll want to look at them um, with the pads on. Maybe they'll want to look at um, what that size offers them uh, versus uh, Camp Jurgen. So maybe they'll mix them in. But there's been no evidence of that coming yet. Um but when they have these off days, and I didn't have an off day. They had a walkthrough yesterday. But when they have these slowed down days, um, that's usually when they're thinking about elevating guys and giving them more reps, whether it's three to two or two to one. It generally happens after either an off day or a walkthrough day where they sit and look at, it could be Sidney Brown, for instance, who's been strictly on third team at some point. They're gonna they're gonna give them reps with the twos and hopefully eventually the ones, um, and that usually comes after one of those days that we had on 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 Monday. What day? I get mixed up with days or Tuesday. Yeah. So they had a walk through yesterday, and that's you might see some changes when it comes to reps. And oh, by the way, as John has reminded us a couple times today, the first day that they're even allowed to go into pads. Not mandated to go into pads. They're allowed to go into pads. So we won't know until Johnny gets down there and finds out if they do or don't decide to go with pads, and they could handle themselves a little bit differently. Um, one other thing I wanted to get in, John, before uh, we know you got to run. Um, again, three practices, no pads, just 
running drills is what they've done so far, but they did it for an hour and a half, which is like, oh my God, the Eagles went an hour and a half on Sunday. That's green. A That's a green practice. Yeah, they went uh, bright green. They went Kelly green yesterday. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, tight end competition. And we know it's not, we're not talking about number one. That would be Dallas Goddard. Uh, Jack Stoll is, was the backup tight end all year last year. We know his strengths are more blocking than receiving, but he played more snaps than any other tight end, not named Goddard on the Eagles last year. And they've got three guys who are probably battling for at best one spot on the 53 man roster. Now, they could carry at least one, if not potentially two tight ends on the practice squad. Again, early going, only three practices. How would you say the depth chart of tight ends stacks up for the Eagles right now? Um, I, I think, uh, you know, it's pretty clear one, two uh, with Dallas and Jack Stoll. Um, and then it becomes, all right, you know, who's going to break through and be that third guy. And, you know, who knows, maybe. Dan Arnold's presence, they even consider keeping four if they want to use more of a uh, a 12 structure in some of these empty sets. But uh, you, you don't um, really see that happening. Well, you know, they're not bowling over people. Quez Watkins had a good practice, but I don't think a ton of people have confidence in Quez. We'll see. Consistency is going to be a big thing with him. Alameda Zacchaeus had a good day in the second practice, but, you know, it's kind of been nondescript other than that. So it's not like they're wowing people with the third receiver. Um, I, I've said from the start, Dan's a really good receiver, really good receiver. Um, and they're a Super Bowl team or Super Bowl contending team, um, significant Super Bowl contender. I think everybody would agree with that. And that's the kind of guy you want to keep. Now, if they were, if they were a, 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 a rebuilding team or a mediocre team, I'd say, no, can't keep Dan Arnold. You, you got you to gotta go with the upside, the ceiling of Grant Calcaterra. Who knows, Tyree Jackson, if he continues to stay healthy. I'd say you got to go upside. For this particular team, I'm, I'm, trying to find, I'm trying to find a way to keep Dan Arnold. And if that means... I, I, you know, they're not great after AJ and Devontae at receiver. So I'm not really concerned so then, about Then let me ask you if they're going to keep four tight ends, the potential to keep four tight ends, how many wide receivers are they going to keep? Because well, you're right. I, I, I understand the tie between receivers and tight ends. They're receivers, wide receiver, call them what you want. But then there's the big picture. Because if you're going to keep an extra receiver, that means you're going to keep one less offensive lineman or one less defensive lineman. You can tie certain positions together, but at the end of the day, it still comes down to getting under that number for the overall roster. If you add to a specific position, you must subtract from another position. Are you suggesting if they keep four tight ends, they're only going to keep four receivers? No, not necessarily. And, and first of all, let, let me say real quick, I don't think they're going to keep four tight ends. But if they think, if they say to themselves, all right, look, Grant's not ready, but we don't want to lose him. We're concerned losing him on waivers. You might try to play some games with the initial 53, try to keep him. If you like him better than one of those down roster receivers, um, so to me, it's really about Calcaterra. Like I'm keeping Arnold. It's really about Calcaterra. 
Do you want him on the roster? Do you not care? You can probably get him back on the practice squad. But maybe the Eagles think differently. But there's a couple spots. It's not just receiver. Um, it's also uh, offensive line. They're not as deep. They typically carry a lot of offensive linemen because they're usually really, really deep. And they're not quite as deep on the offensive line. And and some of those backups, you're like, eh, you got to keep Driscoll. You got to keep uh, 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 Dennis Kelly. Uh, you got to keep uh, Brett Toth, most likely. You really have to keep Sue Opetta. They already cut him twice and got him back to the practice he's, squad. He's not a lock. I, um, I can do that. There's a lot of manipulating the Trevor Reeds of the world, the undrafted kids. Usually the Eagles like to keep one of them to give to Stoutland. Probably get them through waivers and get them on the practice squad. So there's a lot of ways you can do it. It's not just tight end versus wide receiver. And a lot of it, and, and it all hinges to me on Calcaterra, as I said. I don't know where the Eagles are with them, but I know Dan Arnold's a better receiver. And for a Super Bowl team, if he can make a, a, a big catch in the divisional round or the NFC championship game and you can get him matched up, I, I, I need a player like that when I'm a contender, and maybe I don't need a player like that when I'm not a contender. Yeah, you're leaning toward Arnold. I'm leaning toward Calcaterra, and you gave your reasoning as to why, how the Eagles should be looking at it, where the team is in their position for overall Here's what I make the decision on. How many snaps is either one of them going to get? If uh, Dallas Goddard is going to be on the field 95% of the time, and you're going to be a two tight end some, but when Goddard's off, it's going to be stole on there. It's probably going to running play. How many, what's the percentage of snaps your third tight end's going to play anyway? If, if it's under 10%, then I say, Give me the guy with upside. I, I know that it's all, all chips are in the middle of the table to win the Super Bowl this year. But if we're talking about a player who's playing less than 10% of the snaps to begin with, I, I got to keep the guy who's younger. And's got a well, I, I would think I, w- I, I would if, if Arnold's here, he's playing more than 10% of the snaps. So that's number one. And those snaps will be more impactful uh, than, than Calcaterra snaps, which is kind of my point. Now, long-term, yeah, maybe Calcaterra turns into something. Um, but when Dallas went down last year for five games, then it becomes pretty significant. Right. Um, and they did not – they persevered without Dallas Goddard, um, but they played differently. Uh, uh, Jack Stoll and, and Graham Cal- Calcaterra weren't catching a lot of balls. Um, they, they had to play differently. Uh, and they, yeah, I'm not comparing Dan Arnold to Dallas Goddard. They'd still have to play differently, but they wouldn't have sort of a non-threat at tight end with a receiver. Now the hope is Dallas is out there for 17 right. games and really 20 games if you go back to the Super Bowl. But uh, yeah, I mean that's the kind of guy. And if you, that, that 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 to me is definition of. Super Bowl contending team versus, you know, if you're a five win team, yeah, I'm keeping Calcaterra. If you're a seven mediocre, eight, nine, I'm keeping Calcaterra. If I'm a contender, Dan Arnold's going to make a big catch for me. I know it. I know it in a big spot. That's how I would think of it. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. And if Goddard gets hurt between now and cut down, 
Oh, I think you're right, John. It's going to be Arnold because uh, he he's closer to being Goddard than either the other two tight ends that the Eagles have on their roster right now. But if Goddard's looking fine, he's physically fine, he's here for 17 games, I think it changes the math and changes the equation. All right, JM, uh, safe travels over to South Philly. You and me tomorrow, brother, okay? All right, thanks, Jody. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. John McMullen uh, off to Eagle training camp. And the marquee thanking would be our buddy, Mark Farzetta, who uh, I think I'm a hardworking guy. Farzetta is almost as hardworking as I am. He wasn't on until 2 o'clock in the morning like I was last night uh, after the Phillies game on WIP, but he did the Phillies postgame show here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. He was up for the Farzy show this morning, and he's jumping on with us. Farzetta in for McMullen next here on Birds 365. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake them up. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. All right, you got uh, Mark Forzetta in for John McMullen. Good to get uh, Forzy up with me again today. 
That was a good Phillies win last night, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it was 2 nothing, and they had left two runners on base in the first thing. It was like, oh, God, here's Pittsburgh all over again. That was a nice win last night, Forrest. Uh, yeah, it was uh, – I used the expression this morning. It was like in baseball, if you could say the tale of two halves, that's kind of how it felt. In baseball, you can't say that. But the Jake Cave swinging at the first pitch with runners on first and second, nobody out, and a guy that couldn't throw a strike, that kind of was upsetting in the 6-4-3 double play. Uh, that was bad. Bryson started a couple of bad at-bats, but then came up big and late. Uh, yeah, it was nice to see the Phillies uh, pull that one out and Taiwan Walker not having his best stuff, gutting out his 12th win of the season. All right, and this may annoy John McMullen, like talking about Kelly Green uniforms that we're talking Phillies. But I do want uh, one more question. I promise we get the birds throughout the rest of the show. Um, you think Dombrowski's going to get something big done today? Big? No. Slightly impactful. Yeah, I think Hernandez is right around that same line. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez from Seattle. Uh, that seems to be the hot name right now. Lane Thomas is still out there. I don't think it's going to be a huge deal, uh, but I think it would be it would be a significant deal. Let's put it that way. Nothing like adding the major league leader in strikeouts to a team that already strikes out. More Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I, I will not be singing the praises of a Oscar Hernandez uh, uh, acquisition today if that's the way that they go. But mm-hmm. I, I don't even know that they're going to get anything done. I think Dombrowski has been swinging and missing for the better part of 10 days now. And oh, by the way, the field is getting smaller, not bigger. And I, I think there's a chance they go to war with what they have. But we shall see. Yeah, we got till six o'clock to figure that out today. All right. Uh, since uh, you and I haven't talked about this, uh, Kelly Green move you one way or the other? Has it changed your outlook on the Philadelphia Eagles? Has it changed your life like <laughs> it seems to have for some Philadelphia Eagle fans? Uh, what's your overall take on the reaction to the Eagle uniform, which they'll wear twice this year? Jody Mack, uh, we have a lot of takes in this city. We uh, have had some ice-cold takes uh, as a city, whether that been on draft picks, whether that been on prospects, whether that be on seasons, whether that be on coaches, we've had ice cold takes. I don't know if there's a colder take than the small amount of fans that thought nobody cared about the Kelly Green anymore. They won the Super Bowl in the Midnight Green, and that's that. No more Kelly Green. People were frothing at the mouth, lining up 3 a.m., 3.15, 3.30 a.m. to be there at the Lincoln Financial Fields Pro Shop to make sure they got their Kelly Greens. We're among the first to get the Kelly Greens. People love that jersey. They were introduced to the Eagles in that jersey. My father was introduced to the Eagles in that jersey. Everybody was introduced to the Eagles in that jersey. That is not, uh, I don't know, uh, born prior to or after 1996. So I absolutely love it. I think it's great. And it's a long time coming. And honestly, Jody, I never thought the Eagles were going to go back to it. I mean, just talking to people about it inside the organization, it was a very touchy subject. Talking about Kelly Green jerseys with how much the Lorries didn't like it, and now they finally embrace it. They're finally doing the thing that like I don't ever champion, uh, uh, you know, an owner to get more money necessarily. But this was the great business decision to do this because it would fly off the shelves. People would be lining up to get it, and people wanted it. Bottom line, and you were going to make more money as a franchise to do it. So I love it. I'm glad that it's back. I, 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 I look forward to the day where maybe it's not the permanent jersey, as uh, Josh Sweat said last week, but it is something that we see more regular than just twice a year.
And I'm here to praise Jeff Lurie today. I'm going to take a shot at him, so I got to get that out there first. <laughs> okay. In a, on a week where Jerry Jones opens foot, opens mouth, and inserts foot. In a week where Bob Bursay looks like an idiot in Indianapolis. Jeff Lurie is a pretty damn good owner, and he handles his business with the Philadelphia Eagles very well. He gives his people that he correctly hires the room to do their job and do it well. And uh, I think the Eagles are very lucky to have a very good owner. But the whole Kelly Green thing is about Jeff Lurie. <laughs> Didn't like it when he came in here. Yeah. He, oh, I got the power to change the team's uniform. Okay, let's come up with a different green. Oh, this newer, cooler, fashionable midnight green. Let's go there. And he, I was on WIP at the time. You uh, may have just been cutting your teeth in radio. And it, he got roasted. He got killed because of that. Because he hadn't established himself as the owner and the good guy. He was coming on WIP with me and Glenn Macnow saying that he was going to be the Carmen policy of the National Football League. He was kind of, uh, when he first took over, not the most popular guy in town. And he took away the Kelly Green. So he needed to take a stand behind it and go, yeah, this is now the new Philadelphia Eagles. So he had to push Green aside. Otherwise, if Kelly Green stays as part of the conversation, Jeff Lurie stays as bad guy number one. Yeah, it wasn't exactly the best start uh, to a tenure as no. a Philadelphia Eagles owner, uh, considering I'm taking away your Kelly Green and no hoagies in my stadium. Like yeah. those, I mean, you take away my hoagie, take away my Kelly Green, people are going to be upset about that. But no, he, he is. He comparatively, uh, not even that, just think about this. Let's let's just go back like what eight years now nine years now you're talking about the end of the Chip Kelly era, they took a big swing, a lot of excitement early and obviously that fizzled out. You told Howie Rose was going to sit in the back, which at that time, everyone loved, and then you said come back, Howie. That you don't get that many do overs like that, especially if you're a GM, an owner. You're the owner. You do whatever you want. But yep. think about it like this: there were there were very low low points, all right, and then. The Eagles just found a way to bounce back. Jeffrey Lurie found a way to bounce back. Howie Roseman took that year off and, you know, did all the studying of how to be a better manager and whatever and came back. And now he's been in two Super Bowls. He's won one of them, the only one in the uh, history of the organization, as we know. And uh, that is just absolutely incredible. The about face the owner and the GM have had on this team. Agreed. And now the time has passed and the NFL rules allow it. And give Lurie credit. He was ready to do this earlier. It just... They couldn't get a second helmet in, and it would look stupid with the Kelly Green with the Midnight Green helmet. So Jeff would have done this more quickly than he's mm. ended up uh, getting it done. That was on the NFL. That was not on Eagle ownership. He he was now able to, quote-unquote, double dip because he got what he wanted out of Kelly Green. And, yes, they won the Super Bowl in Kelly Green, which means it's always going to be popular in some people. That's Midnight the Green, uniform yeah. that they won the Super Bowl in. But you also now get to go old school and bring the Kelly Green back. He gets to, to, to make profit on both ends. So more power to you, Jeff. As a, uh, a businessman, you're doing quite well with the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think he's did, uh, is doing quite well as the owner and uh, overseer of a very good football team as well. All right. Talked about this with Johnny McNeig. Your take on the competition, non-competition at right tackle of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, the coach felt the need to come out and say, oh, it's still wide open competition between uh, both Jergy and, and Stein. It hasn't been, though. Every single first team snap, and it's pretty easy to be able to determine first team snaps, specifically on offense. 
when that Hertz guy is in there, that's a first team rep. <laughs> when the uh, backup Mary, Marcus Mario is in there, that's a second team rep. Everybody else, you can debate on who's the first and second. Rep. No, 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 no. When a quarterback comes out, you have now officially reached the second team. And Steen has not played a snap with Jalen Hurts yet. So it has been Cam Jurgens throughout, only three practices, but all three have been the same exact thing. But the coach wants to continue to tell people that there's a competition going on at right guard. What do you think is the method behind this madness? Well, first of all, I blame Lane Johnson because coaches really? are supposed to say, oh, absolutely. I, uh, I The coaches are supposed to say everything's a competition. Nobody's job is safe and all that, you know, coach speak. They're supposed to say that. But when a player is the one that introduces the conversation before even the coach does, which Lane Johnson did at OTAs, because he was the one, and I remember talking to you and Johnny Mac about this a couple of months ago, uh, right at OTAs. Lane Johnson was the one to say, when they asked him about right guard, hey, what are you looking for in a right guard? And he goes, well, man, both these guys are coming in here, and they're really with a full head of steam ready to go. I'm like, hold on a second, both come again? What was that? And he talked about Tyler Steen's strength. He talked about his, how comfortable he is having been a tackle at the college level, not playing guard, and then being thrust in that position now, how comfortable he looked. And then he started, ta- then he started talking about Cam Jurgens more. So that's what got the wheels going in my head. I'm like, hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what about this competition I'm hearing about? Because if you're asking me, even two months ago, or a month and a half ago, who's going to be the right guard of the Philadelphia Eagles? I'm telling you, it's Cam Jurgens. Right now, I'm telling you, it's going to be Cam Jurgens. I think the odds-on favorite, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is Cam Jurgens to be the starting right guard. But the fact that Tyler Steen got that much conversation, even outside the coaching ranks, that's what raised my eyebrows about it. Now, with all that being said, I couldn't be happier that Cam Jurgens is the only one getting the reps with the first team at right guard because he's the more NFL-ready player. He's the guy that I think most people have a lot of confidence in will be the heir apparent to Jason Kelsey, and they want to see him get those reps as fast as humanly possible. They want to see him throwing around bodies as fast as humanly possible. And if you're going to have any bit of a learning curve, whether you're Tyler Steen or Cam Jurgens in this case, it's kind of nice to have Lane, Lane Johnson to your right and Jason Kelsey to your left to help you with that learning curve as you're you know, adapting to a more regular position at guard. The other thing I like about it, Jody, and it's not a direct uh, correlation, but if you're the Eagles and you're going to have a more long-term fix at guard, let's say you know Jason Kelsey has already said, this is going to be my last year, then maybe you don't have Cam Jurgens play right guard and get him used to that spot. Maybe you have Tyler Seen ready to settle in there for the next 10 years to be your right guard. And you let Cam Jurgens sit out a year and just continue to you know learn from watching, and then whenever he gets opportunities to get in there, you give it to him. But this makes me think that maybe, just maybe, it could mean that uh, Jason Kelsey's going to hold on for another year after this, and you want to make sure that you're giving Cam Jurgens you know enough reps as a professional offensive lineman, albeit at right guard, to go in there and at least you know understand the offense and understand the blocking schemes. And then when he does eventually move over to the center position, he'll be more ready to do that. Along that line of thought, which I've said the same exact thing here on the air because I'm tired of being wrong. It's four years running. I've said, you know, this could be Kelsey's last year. You know, this could be Kelsey's last year. If you ask me, it's probably Kelsey's last year. I'm tired of being wrong. So I stopped. I'm not saying it. I'm not talking about this being Kelsey's last year because he just makes me look like a fool every year coming back. Do you think he's actually dropped hints to the Eagle organization more so than he's done when he's made one of his umpteen appearances on WIP, either chugging beer or co-hosting a show or whatever else? Do you think 
behind closed doors. He's actually told the Eagles, you need me to put a percentage on this? It's 75-25 that I'm retiring. Do you think that conversation's been had? I think so. I think every, you know, I think if any, if anything, Howie Roseman does his homework. Um, and I think he's doing his homework. Oh, wait, wait, what's he, he goes on their podcast. That's how he does his homework. <laughs> how the hell does Howie know? How yes. do you do your homework to find out if a guy's retiring? Uh, call, did, his, call his girlfriend. I don't think he cheats on his wife. How the hell does Howie <laughs> find out information out without asking him directly? Did you not see the size of the shot that Howie poured Jason Kelsey when he did his podcast? That's called truth yeah. serum. In Vienna Veritas, no? no. Am I, you know what I'm saying? On, on the set of the podcast, but not during the podcast. Oh, okay. Come on, see, come on, But uh, when, I think he has the conversation with Jason Kelsey, and I think Jason Kelsey, to your point, does let him know which way he's leaning. And by this roster move, at least, with Cam Jurgens getting all the reps with the first team, maybe it does lead you to believe that Jason Kelsey did say – I got at least two more years in me. I got at least two more years in me. So, yeah, go ahead and get Cam Jurgens going next to me, and I'll be able to mentor him on the field, and then he'll be able to take over in the following year or two. So that leads me to believe that. But I do think that Howie Roseman is having those conversations with his players. And as far as Jason Kelsey's decision goes, look, like what more do you – you're a Hall of Famer. Jason Kelsey's going to the Hall of Fame. Jason Kelsey's a Super Bowl champion. Jason Kelsey is a king and a legend in the city in which he is going to play his entire career in. There's nothing more to do. He's got a beautiful family, an awesome wife. If you ever had a chance to meet Kylie, she's incredible. She's an awesome lady. Um, Great family. He's got all that to just go in. He's got a post-career already set up with the, the Kelsey Brothers podcast, New Heights, and all that stuff. It's all there for him. But the thing is, Jody... He just really loves playing football and you can't really play football once you retire. And I know running around in the backyard with his daughters is going to be a beautiful thing. And he's going to enjoy every second of that, but the man just loves playing and he loves his teammates. And as he referenced it, the old guys, you know, the core four, he loves being a part of that. And and you could see a big changing of the guard after this season, even outside of Jason Kelsey. And I don't, I don't, no pun intended with the guard position, obviously, but you're talking about Fletcher Cox, talking about Brandon Graham. You're talking about Jason Kelsey and, uh, Lane Johnson has dropped hints about considering the end of his uh, 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 the end of his career. Maybe not this year as his last year. Maybe next. Maybe the year following. Um, but there's going to be a big turnover here with the Philadelphia Eagles in terms of leadership in the not too distant future. And I do think Jason Kelsey just loves playing football, and he really won't know the answer to that question as to whether or not he's going to retire until this season is is over with. All right, Mister Mister Crystal Ball, I'm going to ask you to look in there and give me Eagle down the road prediction. Okay. Uh, the core four, as Jason Kelsey called them this past week, the old guys. The old, the old guys. Uh, yeah. Two on the offensive line, two on the defensive line, all four of them in the trenches taking a beating on a year-in, year-out uh, basis. How many of the core four are back with the Eagles in 2024? Oof. Give me a number. It's zero, zero to four. You don't have that many options, but uh, you need to put a number on it. Who's who's back? Who's retired? Wow. Or, or elsewhere. Maybe they finally say, Fletch, we love you, but, and somebody else is willing to give Fletcher $10 million. And yeah. how he, the, the, how he has his, his limits. See, he doesn't, he doesn't break them often. Uh, so I, I don't want to suggest that anybody who's not a Philadelphia Eagle is not going to be in the NFL, but how many will be Eagles in 2024? Lane Johnson is included in, in this core four, yes. correct? Lane's back. He's the only definite. If I have to bet money, I'm putting it all on Lane Johnson. If I have a dollar left over, I'm putting it on Jason Kelsey. 
Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham will not be with the Eagles next year. I think Brandon Graham doesn't retire. I think Brandon Graham signs that one more paycheck somewhere else. Really? Because Brandon Brandon Graham, what's interesting about Brandon Graham is that, like, he is known around the league as just a phenomenal teammate. Like, never a bad thing is said about Brandon Graham. And he doesn't play a lot to the point where he'd take reps away from a younger player, but he could be that mentor to a younger player. So I think Brandon Graham ends up playing somebody somewhere else, breaks all our hearts, and plays somewhere else. But after this year, I think Fletcher Cox is done. Fletcher Cox is, is very tied to Philadelphia as well, and he'll be around here, and he's certainly made a boatload of money in his career. So I think he'll call it a career after this season. But I think I, I would not be shocked at all if Brandon Graham, Brandon Graham ends up signing a deal for more money elsewhere for one year to be that great team leader, that great veteran, he doesn't take up enough. He doesn't take enough snaps away from a younger player, and I think that's something that'll attract another team. All right, you and I are going to diverge on different roads here because I I disagree with you about BG. Okay, um, and you did say, and he'll break our hearts. That's not happening. If the Eagles try and lowball Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham will not be afraid to say, listen, I wanted to be an Eagle. He's not looking to go anywhere else. If he does, it's going to be because the Eagles are trying to get him for 50 cents on the dollar. Cause uh-huh. that's what the NFL calls for. And now he's good at doing it. So when push comes to shove, nobody's going to call Brandon Graham a liar. The Eagles, the, the top of that list, they're not going to go, Oh no. Well, Brandon is, uh, m- misconstruing what our offer. No, they're not going to do that. They're not going to go down the road of, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, I don't know what Brandon Graham is talking about. He's lying when he says our <laughs> offer wasn't good enough to stay. They're not going to do that to Brandon Graham. So hmm. they're going to have to part ways if they do on different wavelengths. Amicably. And I know, I don't think that's going to happen. That's why I think Brandon Graham's going to retire. Wow. If he's not back here as an Eagle, Brandon Graham will retire. I don't believe he wants to go play for anyone else. The only way he does is if the Eagles like really try and screw him and he goes, oh yeah, I'll go get double what you offered me. You think I can't play anymore? That's the only way that happens. And I I don't think the Eagles will let that happen. And B, I don't know if there's an NFL team that's willing to uh, double what the Eagles are going to offer. So no, I think that Brandon Graham is either back for another year or he's calling it a career. I think the other guy's got a more chance, better chance to go somewhere. I think Fletch might be able to talk another team into giving him one more payday. Um, and I know how he loves Fletcher Cox. He probably should have been able to get him for less than $10 million this year, but he thinks Fletcher has earned it, career uh, stability and everything else. I think that clock is ticking. The we'll we'll go above and beyond for Fletcher Cox clock is ticking. I don't think it happens this year, and I think there may be another team. And I think Fletcher be willing to do that. Mm. I don't think BG really wants to do it. I think Fletcher's his preference is to stay here as an eagle and get paid as an eagle and retire as an eagle. If he's got to go somewhere else to make one more paycheck, take one more shot. Yeah, let me just pl- plug that into my uh, directions, and uh, I'll be there for the opening of camp. I think Fletcher's the one who's got a bad chance to be playing elsewhere. So the only thing I'll say to rebut that is that – well, two things. One is that Fletcher Cox has had opportunities. He, he's been released. Now, granted, I think like most people, there was some kind of back-channel wink and a nod, handshake deal. Yeah, we're going to release you, but we're going to restruct – we're going to basically sign you a one-year deal. That's happened now twice. The other thing I'll say is that Fletcher Cox's uh, lady is from Philadelphia. 
Um, so I don't know if she'll want to go elsewhere as well. And look, he's made his money. He's made a lot of money. So you can always make more, certainly. Brandon Graham, I just see as, as a guy that could fit into multiple schemes faster. And I am also scarred by the whole Brian Dawkins situation because I remember living through that. And uh, obviously the Eagles did not come out smelling like roses on the under, other end of that deal, unfortunately, with Dawkins ending up going to um, uh, Denver. So maybe that's still in my head. But, uh, yeah, I, I, maybe I'm just scarred and I'm a cynic when it comes to guys possibly putting on another jersey. Yeah, well, we, we talked in the first segment, much to John Chagrin, about uh, Kelly Green. Um, which do you think Eagle Nation, and I'm not saying Eagles should do their business according to reaction from the fan base, but they're also a smart organization that has their ear to the ground and knows what's being said. Um, but they're going to do what they're going to do when push comes to shove. Who do you think that they think that they'd get a bigger pushback from if he went elsewhere? Fletcher or Brandon Graham? Brandon Graham. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I think it would be Brandon Graham. Yeah. And, and that, and that goes to your point of not letting that kind of, um, let, let, letting that relationship spoil. Because yeah. look, I know it's not Joe Banner anymore. It's Howie Roseman who learned from Joe Banner. Um, and from what I was told at that whole Brian Dawkins situation, um, he wanted to come back to Philadelphia and he was told, don't get on that flight to Denver because we, we're not going to match what Denver does. They knew they were going to get out big, big time by Denver. And that's, of course, the way that ended. Um, there was talk about possibly moving Sheldon Brown at that point to safety, which would have been a better opportunity. Sheldon Brown would have done that if they would have restructured his contract, which they didn't. Uh, he ended up going to Cleveland. But I don't think the Eagles are going to make that same mistake twice. I think Jeffrey Lurie right now with all the good juju that he has started since that whole Brian Dawkins fiasco, I don't think he's going to necessarily let that happen again. If they do split, it will be amicable. But uh, I still see it as Brandon Graham and the the, the, the players – or excuse me, the, um, the fans still not loving it but realizing Brandon Graham is just going to go get that last paycheck. Yeah, um, you, you go, Graham. I'll go Fletch. And who knows? Maybe all four will be back. Maybe it'll be down to just one. You're right. It could, it, Lane Johnson's going to be here in 2024, even mm -hmm. though he's at least dropped the I'm going to retire at some point line. It's not going to be next year. Uh, there's a chance that all three of them could be done, and we could see a major turnover on the Eagles as far as veterans go. He's Mark Farzad. I'm Johnny McDonald. Uh, you got your Birds 365, guys. We come back. I haven't talked tight ends with Farzad. I did with Johnny Mack before he had to run over to Eagles practice. Uh, I will run that by him, and I'm going to take an obligatory shot at the Dallas Cowboys and their owner. Twice in the past week, he said something outrageously foolish. Uh, so we'll take a little Jerry shot uh, coming back as well. And my bud from the weekends on WIP, Glenn Macknell, is going to join us coming up in a little over 20 minutes from now. Appreciate. Stay streaming in right there on Birds 365. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365. If the man to my right looks a little more well tanned than he usually is, that's because it's not John McMullen, it's Mark Rosetta. <laughs> uh, McMullen had to head over to uh, Eagles training camp. Brian Johnson going to speak today. Uh, Eagles new offensive coordinator prior to practice, and then the Eagles will get a practice in. Will there or won't they be in pads? I should text McMullen and go, he better text me as soon as they get out there on the field and let us know. We, we, we got to get that info before we get on the air. We're not going to get any practice because they're not going to start to 10. We're off at 10. Or at least we can know they're in pads, right? Um, and all the tight ends will or won't be in pads today, uh, Mark Barzetta. Um, I think that's a fun little under-the-radar story because I truly do think it's it's debatable. The, the right guard story has not been debatable although the coach wants to keep it debatable <laughs> evidence is that right now it's cam jurgens job to lose he's taken every single snap with the ones at right guard so far 
tight end much more wide open other than Dallas Goddard is the starter and is going to play basically every snap he can get his hands on this year if he can stay healthy. Everything else is kind of up in the air. Stoll is the leader in the clubhouse at number two, but it's more so as a blocking tight end and a guy who's going to play dual tight end uh, and, and give him an extra blocker in there when they need it. And then Calcaterra, Arnold, and Tyree Jackson's made another couple of were like really athletic, eye-opening type plays. But as soon as he makes a big play, everyone gets excited about it. He gets hurt. Uh, so they have five guys for me for only one position. John was talking about this morning the fact that they could actually keep four tight ends. I don't see it, not with the roster the way that it is, and uh, they have needs for other positions and like. Um, I, I was surprised John said uh, they don't have the depth on the offensive line they usually do, which I agree. Overall, the quality of the players on the team isn't as good as it has been in other years. So you keep less or more. That yeah, I know you got to at, at that that day that you're cutting down to 53. There is the fear of losing someone. Well, we got to keep them on the roster because if we don't, somebody else is going to definitely pick them up. But then once you get through that, then you got to go, yeah, if we don't have depth, why do we have more? <laughs> As compared to our other years, we're keeping lesser players than we did in previous years. Uh, we, we haven't gotten close yet, but at some point we're going to have to crunch all the numbers of the roster. You think there's any chance Eagles are going to keep four tight ends? Uh... It really depends on the way the special teams unit shakes out. And it's weird because I think it's really close with their tight ends. They love Tyree Jackson. They keep bringing him back despite the injuries. They obviously signed him to the extension tenure uh, in the offseason back in April. So they they really love him and, and, and his, his athletic abilities. Certainly, you're talking about six foot seven beast that could go out there and make some plays for you. So I could understand the attraction and, and the, uh, the potential when you talk about a guy like that. But Jody, I really got to give you credit because. Not enough people are talk, talking about the tight end position. And you talk about the amount of times they like running like a 12 personnel or something like that. This Eagles team absolutely loves it. If you're going to get extra creative offensively, Brian Johnson, for instance, addressing the media today, I'm curious to get some kind of insight as to what he makes of his offensive units at this point and his obviously adapting to the new role. But we're used to a, a pretty stacked tight end position here in Philadelphia, whether that be Selleck to Ertz, and then now, you know, Ertz to Goddard, for instance, we're used to having at least two guys, one guy established and then, then the other up and coming guy. I think they're looking at Tyree Jackson as if he's the guy that's supposed to be up and comer. He's got to stay healthy. So I think right now what you're looking at, um, to your point is, I think you're looking at a guy like uh, obviously Dallas Goddard, hopefully staying healthy this year, hopefully making a Pro Bowl because I think he's a Pro Bowl talent that just hasn't made the Pro Bowl. Uh, I think you're talking about a tight end like Jack Stahl coming in here and uh, having an opportunity there to continue his role. Uh, Grant Calcaterra could be a guy on the outs, Tyree Jackson on the in. And looking at the rest of the depth chart, from what I understand, and I heard Johnny Mack talking about it as well, Dan Arnold seems to be a guy, a veteran guy. I know he's on his fifth team since 2017. He's coming here latest with the Jaguars. He could be another guy coming here, six foot six body, veteran. You could rely on him to block. You could rely on him to catch a little bit. He can make a play for you. But I do think that's the stretch to possibly having four tight ends. It's going to be whether or not they're going to have guys play special teams.
And Arnold is a guy who can flat out catch. Johnny Mack has said that and his uh, number of catches and snaps that he's played kind of shows that over his career. I don't think he's a a really good blocker, despite the fact that he's a big guy. Mm. And that's why I think it's a fun, debatable point. There will be teams in the NFL this year that will carry two tight ends. That's it. (laughs) They'll only carry two tight ends. We're acknowledging the Eagles are going to go with three at a minimum and debating whether they could actually go to a fourth. Part of that is because Jack Stoll is A, as good a blocker as he is, and B, as minimal a pass catcher he is. He is what he is. He's a sixth offensive lineman. And the Eagles have a lot of plays in their playbook that call for, yeah, we we got the best offensive line in football. Now we're going to add another piece to it. Man, we're going to just run the ball down your throat. Um, that's why I think there's a fun debate here because Stoll's going to get that spot. Stoll's going to be number two. Mm-hmm. He might not get the – I guarantee he won't get the second most catches after Goddard. Uh, whoever is your number three guy will actually end up catching more balls. But as far as number snaps go, oh, no, Stoll's going to be number two because they do like the dual tight end. And here's the funny thing about it. Uh, a lot of tight ends in the league have the ability to be one or the other. Either you're a blocker or you're a pass catcher. The Eagles have one of the best in the NFL dual threat tight ends. Goddard is that good at both. Then you don't really need depth at tight end. <laughs> have gone uh, down that road before. It'll be fun to watch it shake out this year. All right. Uh, quick shot at the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, which will probably go <laughs> well here uh, on Birds 365. Uh, Jerry Jones twice in one week has opened mouth and inserted foot. Uh, last week, probably Thursday, Friday, maybe it was all the way back to Wednesday. Um, in talking about Zach Martin, his uh, outstanding guard, some people believe best guard in all football, uh, out because he doesn't want to play for the contract that he signed. And, oh, by the way, when he signed it, he was the highest paid guard in football. But that's the want of the National Football League. You set the bar, and then somebody comes and beats you. Yeah. Jalen Hurts was the highest paid quarterback in the NFL for – it seemed like hours, <laughs> days uh, that Lamar Jackson signed afterwards. But he was never very long. That's just the way that it works. And now Martin is ticked off because there are five or six or seven guards who make more money than him. And he knows he's better than most, if not all of them. So he mm. wants to redo his contract. And certain teams do that. They usually do it at certain positions, card not being one of them. Sorry, Zach, you're kind of up against this. And Jerry's taken a kind of hard line on it. And a I think that's well within his rights. But he goes and he airs dirty laundry and he says, well, you know, I don't have the money because I got to pay Michael Parsons at some point. Eh, We're going to have to give him a whole boatload of money. That's always a good way to go. Pitting one star against the other in your own thing. Sorry we can't pay you more, Zach, because we have to pay your teammate that much more. Not a good way to uh, get friendly relationships off when you're in a season that you think you can actually get by the Eagles in the NFC East, Parsley. Oh, wait, hold on. Jerry Jones is not good at personal relationships? What? Since when? Oh, wait till I get to the second one that he screwed up yesterday. Oh, my God. Look, I um, I hope Jerry Jones owns the Cowboys forever. Like, like, in a similar way, but not exactly like Dan Snyder owning Washington's football team, whatever they're going to be called in the coming years, other than commanders potentially and something else. Um, They're just set up for failure. And they're not only just set up for, like, quiet failure, Jody. They're set up for, like, a really entertaining. Like, if it's going to fail, it's going to fail spectacularly. 
And even if they do have a good season, they end up choking in the playoffs. So Jerry Jones starting to pit stars against one another in Dallas is just here for our Eagle fandom enjoyment. Because guess what? It's not going to be the last time. You know what Jerry's going to do eventually? He's probably going to double down on the comments he made about Zach Martin. And that's only going to lead to a, uh, you know, an enjoyable conflagration that we'll get to sit and just have our popcorn and watch it burn. It's just not right, Jerry. And Jerry is a great business owner. He has made his fellow owners in the National Football League billions, not millions, yeah. billions of dollars with the advanced prices of franchises. They continue to sell for even more. And Jerry is, has driven that bus more than any other NFL owner. Mm. But when it comes to saying things about his own football team, he can just screw it up badly. Um, this past weekend, uh, again, because Jerry makes himself as available to the media as often as he does. He's got a once-a-week radio show down in Dallas. Um, he was asked about Jimmy Johnson and putting his uh, name likeness in the ring of honor in the Cowboys stadium. And he's dodging a bullet again because everybody and his brother knows he and Jimmy parted ways. He couldn't stand the fact that Jimmy was getting all the credit for the championship teams Rightfully so, by the way. Uh, and Jerry's held a grudge ever since, and that's why they they parted when they did, and they never really truly have mended fences. But at some point, when you're the owner of the Cowboys and you got a two-time winning Super Bowl champion, and you've got other players that are in your ring of honor that didn't have nearly the career, and it's sometimes tough to compare players and coaches, but not impossible. It, it, Jerry Jimmy's got to be in there, and Jerry's just dragging his feet and refuses to acknowledge. And he went to a new low this week. He said, and we have other coaches to consider. <laughs> Who? Dave Campo? Are you really going there? Dave Campo. Oh, the Dave Campo era in Philadelphia. Yes, that compares to the Jimmy Johnson era in, in Dallas. He really went there. There's no other coach. There's what Tom Landry is already in the ring of honor. That's it. History of the Dallas Cowboys. There have been two coaches that have coached that level. One's in and the other ones you're looking to just hold out, uh, give the Heisman trip to just come out and say, it. if you want to say, listen, it's my team. I'm the billionaire here. It's my stadium. You guys all are invited to come in and uh, take part and spend money, but it's my stadium. He's not getting in on my watch. <laughs> You're going to have to wait till I die. Otherwise, he's not getting in. Yeah. Don't come up with lame explanations and excuses about, yeah, there's other coaches we've got to look at. Come on. Dave wants that. Is that where you go? No, this is just dumb on his part. Okay. I'm just looking at the Ring of Honor now because I just want, I, I don't know about Barry Switzer, whether or not he's in there. Uh, no, he's it not. But he is we not. No, Switzer, all he did was not screw up Jimmy's team. Exactly. Um, I think. If you saw Jerry Jones and um, Jim Johnson, uh, Jimmy Johnson on the dais at the Hall of Fame for the Fox broadcast, I think you kind of saw this coming. Because if you remember, the question was asked to Jerry Jones then about putting Jimmy Johnson in the ring of honor. And it was like pulling teeth out of Jerry Jones's head to try to acknowledge Jimmy Johnson as a ring of honor coach for the Dallas Cowboys. And I remember at the time he said something along the lines of, you know, I, I do think it is time that we get him in there in the ring of honor. And um, that's my dead on Jerry Jones impression, by the way. Um, 
And it was like, he doesn't mean this. He is saying this because he is under the gun right now, because yeah, he's, he's under pressure. the pressure to say this on the dais at the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. And sure enough, here we are a year later, and it's the same type of situation. Other other coach, what the hell are you talking about? What, did it Bill Parcells? Like, he didn't have that great run with Quincy Carter in Dallas. He got you to the playoffs, didn't do anything. You mentioned Campo. Oh, my God. If Campo gets in, they should have – uh, Andy Reid down there to spank him as they put him in the ring of honor because that's all that happened while Campbell was there in Dallas. Yeah. So it makes zero sense to me. But Jerry Jones, knowing him, knowing the ego, knowing the way it ended, remember being shocked but pleased it was ending in Dallas the way it was ending. Um, yeah, Jerry Jones, dude, you got to eat it here, man. You were wrong. Bite it. Take a big old bite of that humble pie. It's time to look. I'm not going to champion a cause for anybody, but when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, but look, what's right is right. If you're a football fan, you don't have to be a Cowboys fan. Of course not. But what's right is right. He should be in the ring of honor. All right. Somebody from Dallas just texted me and said, Jody, give Chan Gailey his due. He's the <laughs> ring of honor coach if ever there was. Come on, Jerry. You can't be believing this stuff when you go there. It looks like it looks like uh, Tom Landry is the only head coach in there. He is, and he's the only one who should be other than Jimmy Johnson. And we'll see how this continues to go. And again, this is kind of like the Kelly Green conversation. We're talking about history here. People love Kelly Green. That's why they went down there at 3 o'clock in the morning to be in line to be able to buy the oh. – is it going to have any effect on the Eagles-Cowboys two games this year? None. Zero. The color of the uniform – well, the Eagles won't be wearing Kelly Green, so they're, they're wearing it against the Bills. Weird games. Weird games, right? I thought it would be a more meaningful game, like something against the Giants or something like that, but they got them against the, the, the Dolphins and the Bills. All right, you want weird? I'll give you weird. Give me weird. There's a reason that I didn't like those two games. Number one, the Dolphin game at night and the Bills game late afternoon in November, almost going to December. I think it's probably – it's always around Thanksgiving where you push the clock back, right? So it'll be after that. So it'll be dark for the majority of that game. They got to wear Kelly Green at one o'clock. That that's when it Ooh. pops in the sun. Kelly Green looks great on a sunny day. Ooh. It's not nearly as cool at night. And that's Ooh. when they play the Dolphins and or a late afternoon game. I think they didn't take the schedule into effect either in the oh. time of day that they're playing a the game. But that's just me. That's, I disagree. That's that's, that's overly. Uh, and that overanalyzing the whole situation. Oh, no, 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 this is a big subject. I, I, I love it at night. I think it should be more really. I think, I think it should be the prime. Oh, no, that's no, a bright no. color, it needs no. to be out in the bright sun it, when it's surrounded by more darkness. It pops more. That's another no, thing. They go no. with the blackouts, right? The black jerseys and the primetime games. Now, I just hope they go all Kelly Green for the primetime games because it, oh man, under the bright lights of the night, oh, that's when it pops, baby. No, the sun. You're you're shortchanging the sun. Uh, we <laughs> I, not not a big sun. sun guy. Don't like the sun. Not yeah, a big sun we guy. Kind, we kind of need it. Otherwise, we'd all freeze our you-know-what's off. Um, all right. Uh, you know, we'll have up next Mr. Blackwell. Uh, when we're talking fashion, when I talk fashion, no one I think more than Glenn McNeil. Uh, <laughs> my buddy from WIP, my weekend partner, Glenn McNeil, is going to join us next. We'll get his thoughts on Kelly Green the upcoming Eagle season, all things Eagles next with Glenn Mack now host of the Eagles pre and post or just pregame show, excuse me on their flagship radio station, WIP Mac man joins us next. Stay here. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Camp Tuesday here on Birds 365. Johnny Max already checked in with his counselors over there. We'll find out from him if the Eagles are actually going to wear pads today. Uh, don't know that yet, but we know we've got Glenn Mack now, the host of the Eagles pregame show on their radio network and here on weekends with Mike Sielski and that other guy he works with on Sundays. Uh, always good to get Glenn Mack now involved. And he shaved when I reached out to him. He said, you're going to come on Tuesday? He goes, uh-oh, I got to shave? You're telling me yeah. I got to shave? I'm on vacation? You're going to make me shave, McDonald? You look good there, partner. Well, first time in five days. And, uh, yeah, so I did. I'm, uh, I'm coming home. Mark, nice to see you. It's been a while. Uh, before we begin, I need your help here because the immaculate grid NFL is Eagles right. today. Oh, uh, really? Uh, the, yeah. Oh, you're talking football. Football immaculate grid. Okay. So it's an Eagles show. Can you help me out here? Here's what we got. We'll take a shot. Okay. I'd fill that too. I need one more spot under the Eagles. Eagles thousand yard rusher. Who would you put? One season thousand yards. See, now does Farzi, Far- does he understand the machinations of the immaculate grid? Well, you try to, the rare, the rarer name, the fewer people answer it, the better for you. Mm-hmm. The rarer, the better. Yeah. So who's a thousand yard rusher that's not most people would say? Because like you can throw Shady out there and that's yeah. you're gonna get it right. Right. But you're gonna get a, a score that isn't all that good. Who's mm. a thousand what thousand yard? I think rusher? I got this one. I'm I'm happy with my answer on this one. All right. You wanna right. I went with Ernest Jackson, who's the guy who Buddy Ryan inherited and lost. I got a 3% on that, which is great. Three, not bad. That's not bad, Mac. Two more. Eagle played for Eagles and Browns, and I filled it out, and then I realized who I should have put. 
All right? So I put Denard Avery, and I got a 13, which is okay. Right, because it was just uh, last year. He was still part yeah. of the team, right. I wish I'd put Doug Peterson. Oh, yeah. That would be – we just Dougie mentioned – we mentioned Sheldon Brown. Brown. We mentioned Sheldon Brown a second oh, ago. Oh, Sheldon, yeah. Who remembers that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the last one, which I haven't filled out, if you have any ideas, I know we'll get to your agenda here. Eagles-Panthers. Who played for the Eagles and the Panthers? Oh. I mean, my oh, opinion, the greatest defensive. You can't go Dan Arnold yet because he hasn't made Ooh. the team. Ooh. I know who I could go. Who do you got, Farzi? Reg, Reggie White. Yeah, let's do Reggie because I think people remember the Packers, but they don't yeah, remember he played the Panthers. Was a Panther. That's so what do we good. get on that? We get a 14. That's okay. I would like lower ball live with a 14. That's not bad at all. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah. I go baseball. You know, I did uh, <laughs> basketball the other day, too, and I was ticked off. Hard. I had, like, three great ones, and then I just made a mistake. And I, yeah. You, you want to punch the screen. All right, uh, we'll put the grid away. We want to talk gridiron with Glenn Mack now. Um, the non-competition at uh, left guard. Um, Doug Peterson came out and said after the practice the other day, oh, still, it's a competition. Uh, we haven't decided anything at right guard. And Tyler Steens looked good when in actuality he hasn't. He's had a bunch of penalties and false starts, and uh, Jurgens has taken every snap so far at right guard. Uh, so the coach is saying one thing, but his actions are saying another. How big a deal is this, Glenn, as to who the right guard's going to be? He is between uh, Lane and, and Kelsey, two all of, potential Hall of Famers. Uh, I'm not saying that you or I could go out and play uh, right guard, but is, is it as big a deal as some people like Jody McDonald are making it out to be? It's a big deal in a team that doesn't have a lot of big deals on offense, right? You're really set uh, everywhere on offense, so where are you not set? Well, it's kind of there. So you lost a guy who was not an all-pro, but, I mean, he was he was big and burly, and I think that particularly playing next to a small and undersized center like Kelsey, size matters. So, um, and I, I will freely tell you that Ray Dittinger planted this in my brain. Uh, the thing about Jurgens is he's not a big guard. So if you have an undersized center and an undersized guard, as good as Kelsey has been for all these years, I think you need to worry just a little bit, a little bit about a potential push up the middle. And that's where Jurgens is not ideal for the the position just because he's he's not six five three thirty. Mac, let me also ask you about the competition. At the tight end position, where the Eagles, we know Dallas Goddard's going to be their number one uh, guy and going to play 98% of the snaps. Uh, Jack Stoll was, has been the backup two years running as the quote-unquote blocking tight end. And then they got three different guys who bring three different things to the table. Uh, we were kicking around, myself and Johnny Mack, in the first segment. He even suggested the Eagles could keep four tight ends. I don't think that's happening. I think three is the max number. What do you think the new offense quarterback, Brian Johnson, who's talking to the media uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes here, um, what do you think his use of tight ends is going to be looking like this year? I don't think the offense is going to be much different than it was, um, although I think it would really help them to have another tight end who you trust catching passes and Jack Stoll's not the guy, right? So I, I, don't, I don't know if these other guys can come in and do that. Uh, as good as Goddard is, it's always nice to have that second tight end who you can count on a catch 
I don't know, 30 catches a year, maybe, maybe that's a little high. Or if Goddard goes out, I don't want to take the tight end out of the passing game. So I would like to see one of those guys emerge who can actually catch the ball. Um, nothing against Jack Stoll, but as you said, Jody, he's a blocker. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn, I wanted to ask you about this. Uh, it comes to Jalen Hurts. And great year last year, phenomenal year last year, one of the best in Eagles history last year and all that. But we all know what a competitive guy he is, how much he is driven, how much he's a student of the game and all that. From last year to this year, is there anything specifically that you think Jalen Hurts is working on to take yet another step forward? Maybe not as big because, I mean, the ceiling was right there for him last year. I'd like to see him push it a little higher. What do you think he needs to do to push it a little higher other than actually win the accolades of the Super Bowl, MVP, and all that stuff? What do you think he works on? Um, I don't think there's one specific element of the game. I think that for him it's just the overall continued maturity, continued seeing the field better, continued reading defenses as he walks up the line of scrimmage, which he was good at last year. But if you take a guy who's a a seven- or eight-year vet, uh, and ask them, how are you now versus when you were uh, back in your second or third year, clearly they all get better. So I think the number took last year, as everybody else says, was tremendous. I don't expect anything like that. I don't expect a regression, but I just think it's kind of the gradual, smartening, you know, wise part of the game before before they just, as they get out of the huddle, he knows exactly what's going to happen out there. And that's something that you really need more and more experience to get. Um, and the other thing is, and it's not exactly what you asked me, but I do think we'll see a little less running this year. Um, that's he's not going to take it out of his game, but I, I think take two or three carries out of the game and give it to the running game. All right. And one thing that came down this week, Mac, that actually put a smile on my face was I've been saying this for the better part of a month, probably with you on Sundays on WIP. The one thing, only one thing that I had some fear with coming into the season with uh, Jalen Hurts was he's too good a guy. That there were going to be so many requests for his presence and participation. He's a new quasi after Mahomes, maybe the franchise of the NFL. There was going to be tugged in different directions. I love the fact that he came out and said, listen, they offered me the quarterback show on Netflix next year. And I said, thank you. No, that he turned that down because he's as narrow focused on getting the Eagles back. to. I love that. I love that. Listen, we would have loved, we would have loved. I watched that show. I know you watched that show, Mark. I don't know if you saw it. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. Um, And I would have loved to have seen him on it. But the fact that he wants no part of any of that, he, He's not about, listen, he'll have his endorsements, right? And he'll have his public speaking gigs. But he's not about any of that. And, man, after after some of what we've seen in this town over the years, that's completely refreshing. What do you mean? Like the Randall Cunningham show? No, never mind. <laughs> uh, Glenn, going back to the Kelly Green, obviously phenomenal. Um, oh, hold on one second. I'm sorry. Bear with me. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Oh, oh he's got old school. <laughs> Uh, look, everyone, look, the Eagles, they, they won the, they won the, the, the championship in 1960, back to back in 48 and 49. And then other than that, we just had a really fun defense and a really fun quarterback to watch, but it did not grant a Super Bowl victory. Okay. The reason people really love that Jersey is because most of us were introduced to the Eagles with that Jersey, the gangrene defense with that Jersey. So I got to ask you this, not just about the Kelly green. But now this is going to be a different defense in the likes of Sean Desai's defense, 
Going to have a lot of notes of Vic Fangio, a name we hear all the time. But now you got N'Kobe Dean as your signal caller for that defense, middle linebacker. If he is the guy going into the season, what's your confidence level right now in N'Kobe Dean running that defense? I lost the narrative. How does that relate to the Kelly Green? Or we all was, love that... defense. We all love Kelly Green. Oh, okay. defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, oh. we, now the defense, Jonathan Gannon gone. We're all very happy yeah. about that. New middle yeah. linebacker. How are we feeling? Yeah, uh, I'm eager to see N'Kobe Dean. I don't think N'Kobe Dean is going to be a pro bowler anytime soon, but I think he's certainly going to be capable there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles pick up another linebacker between now and the start of the season, either either uh, middle linebacker, inside outside linebacker, one more, one more guy. There's going to be a lot of free agents who shake loose. We know that. Um, Howie's done a great job of those late pickups. I mean, Stanley Gardner Johnson last year. Right? How great was that? He was really good. So I think we may get one more there. I, I certainly don't want to say anything negative about Nicole because we barely saw him last year. He played 17 plays on defense during the entire year, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to make a judgment. Loved him in college. It's a different game. They say he's undersized. I've seen undersized guys play well. Sam Mills. So my answer to you, it's a Jody Mac answer, I guess, is what I'm going to say. I need to see it before I have too much of an opinion on it. Okay. Agreed. Let me ask you real quick, uh, more directly, the best the best jersey of the past in the Kelly Green. You I go love, Reggie, you go Randall? I, I did love the one with the, with the bird uh, logo on the shoulder. I thought that was a great one. But there's a part of me, and I wasn't even in town during the, the 1980 Super Bowl, that, that era. I came right at the end of that era. I do love those green and silver ones with the silver stripes on the shoulders, the, the, the Jaws years. I thought those are really cool jerseys. I'm good with all of Kelly Green except for Ricky Waters, for who, for what, was also <laughs> Kelly Green. And we got to keep, keep that one to the side and we'll be perfectly fine. Um, uh, let me ask you this about uh, the Eagles and uniform jerseys and what? Why do fans get so moved by this, Glenn? Uh, it actually annoys my other Mac partner, John McMullen. Hates talking about Kelly Green and like I got no problem with it. I don't think people suggested it actually has an impact on the outcome of game. Yeah, they annoy me. But if people want to get chance, want to get excited about it, uh, that's perfectly fine with me. What do you think it is about Kelly Green that you you, that you might not have seen all the video on like? People are yeah. going up at 2 o'clock. Oh, I saw. Oh, oh I saw. I saw. Yeah, and all, all respect to John McMullen, he's not a fan. So he's not viewing it as a fan, right? And that's not, I'm not taking a shot at him, but it is, it is often a way that fans connect with their team. They wear the jersey. They wear the clothes. They like the clothes. It makes them feel close to their team. It's an identifier. I get it. I mean, I, you know, I'm... I'm not going to be wearing a jersey to a game, but I certainly don't begrudge the people who do. And when we do the pregame show and we sit there out in front, we look at all, you know, like, oh, look, there's there's a there's a Shady McCoy and there's two Randalls and there's always a dock in there. And, and and people, it's their it's their attachment. It's them showing their attachment. I think it's great. Why do I like the Kelly Green specifically? Um, this is a great color. I mean, Mark's right. It brings you back, a lot of people here, back to when they grew up and, you know, if you are, how old are you, Mark? Uh, 40. Crap, you got there fast. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
Weren't you an intern like three weeks ago? Yeah, pretty much. I was watching your cats, as a matter of fact. Yes. yes. <laughs> anyway, um, so, you know, a lot of people who grew up and what they remember is the Buddy Ryan gangrene or the Randall Cunningham team or, you know, they, they remember those teams. And when Jeff Lurie made the switch, I think it was 1996, he went to a color that at the time was very trendy. It was like the teal, you know, winter green kind of era. And he went to that. And I remember, Joey, we were doing the show, how many people just thoroughly disliked it. Oh, and, and took it out on Lurie because he yeah. was the guy who was changing it. That's right. Well, they won in those jerseys over time. Everybody got those jerseys. People accepted it. You know, they won a Super Bowl in those jerseys. So people were certainly happy with it. But the Kelly Green takes everybody back to their youth and back to when they became a fan. And, you know, it's a real tie to nostalgia. And just the other point I'll say again, it's a superior jersey. It's a great color and it's a great jersey. Agreed. Uh, uh, real, real quick, if I may, Jody, uh, Glenn. Does the jersey pop better in a day game or a primetime game? I'll go day. Very good. Lights can only yeah, I, I want to see that in the sun. Nothing better than the sun. Come on. Yeah, or sun. is that it say yeah. in the night they, you they can, pick can up have these at night. Hold on, where is this? There we go. That's that, there you go. <laughs> I'm fully right. quick today, fellas. <laughs> Need your uh, take on this, Glenn, because it could very well be a big part of the Eagles' upcoming year. A little early to say, but speculation. They've been wowed by the plays that DeAndre Swift has made out of the backfield in three practices. Again, it's three practices. Uh, McMahon and I have talked about this at uh, length. The Eagles didn't throw the ball to the backs last year any. They were 32nd in the National yeah. Football League for those Counting at home, there were only 32 teams. They were last, yardage by running backs catching the ball out of the backfield. But they went out and got DeAndre Swift, and he's been very good at it in Detroit the last three years. And they've made a point of getting him out and working on that type stuff, getting him back involved in the passing game in the first three practices of the year. Uh, John and I have been saying, when in doubt, Jalen Hurts is going to run. Hey, dump off, check down, call it what you want. He doesn't get there. AJ's not open. The, the Goddard's not open. Let me go. And he's off picking up 12 yards with his legs. Do you think he's going to stay patient and make that part of the offense this year? Do you think the Eagles will implement enough plays and call those plays where the toss the running back is higher in the progressions? How big a throwing to the back, specifically DeAndre Swift, is going to be part of the Eagle offense this year? I think it's a great question, Jody, and it relates back to what we've been we talked about earlier. Mark asked me what you know how how is it that hurts can grow? Well, that's a big area that hurts can grow, which is he can do a better job of throwing it to the back, both in terms of his accuracy and in terms of it, 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 do that instinct before you run. Sometimes it lasts longer. So I think that's that's a uh, it's a great point, and it is one area where they can really grow. DeAndre Swift is really good at it. I would be delighted if at the end of the year, DeAndre Swift leads the Eagles backs with, can I dare say, 60 catches, and Richard Penny leads them in rushing with 800 yards. Yeah. If those two things, then you're, you're going to have the, the dynamic offense is going to be even better. Nice balance. Glenn, um, this is a very simple question, but I think it's a very complex answer. What the hell's happened to the running back position in the NFL? 
Yeah. You need three or four of them nowadays. Yeah, well, um, one of the things that's happened is that uh, this is in terms of the contracts. Everybody's realized what we've kind of all known for a while, which is they don't last long, right? Running backs are you just use them until they are they are used up, and most of them are used up by the end. It's twenty eight years old, twenty nine at the most. So you are not going to give them that big second contract. So you just kind of this is what they're going through in Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor, right? He wants to he wants to get a longer second deal, and they don't want to do it. And I understand that's the way it works. Um, why is it that they're using more? I, I think it's, well, first of all, it's effective and teams are winning by doing it. So it's a copycat league. They're going to do it. But I think the bigger thing is they don't, they just don't want to invest a lot of money in the position. So they're not going to give guys the opportunity to rush for 1500 yards. And oh, by the way, when they rush for 1500 yards, that's a good way to get your pay cut check, uh, paycheck cut yeah. because you got too much tread off the tire. It's a lose-lose. Right. Everybody looks for a win-win. Lose-lose is, right. oh, you're great. Yeah, but you, you used up too much. Oh, you're not good enough. Well, we're not going to pay you. Uh, you can't win if you're a running back in the league no. this year. And the Eagles will do the shared running back thing. Should be very fun to see how it plays out. I, Mark, as I you a little girl. Hold on one second. Mark, you have, I know you have a daughter. You have a daughter and a son or two daughters? I have, a, I have a daughter about to turn four, and I have a son at, at a year and a half. All right. Make this on a linebacker, not a running back. <laughs> I wouldn't, oh, go, li I wouldn't um, go linebacker either. They're, they're trying to freeze no, that. That's true. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Yes, Leo, Leo, Leo's got a big base. So I'm thinking I, I'm thinking either a defensive tackle or maybe a left tackle. He's got a big base. He's got some push to him. There you go. And if he if he sprouts up, yeah, like Glenn said, tight end. That's that's where you want to go if you're uh, going to be six foot six. All right, Mac, man. Um with the fact that we're coming in the first day of hitting today, the Eagles have been, and they're going to get ticked off at me for saying this, a little lucky uh, to have no serious injuries. There have been a couple injuries around the National Football League, significant guys. Denver screwed again. Oh, there's a karma thing. I said earlier in the show, I'm not a superstitious guy, but uh, the coach ran his mouth about the guy replaced out there in Denver. Next day, Two wide receivers go down, one with a probably season-ending injury, the other with a career-ending diagnosis. Yeah, uh, see what happens when you screw with the football gods, Sean Payton? Yeah. You get you, you got to pay back in uh, droves. Uh, Eagles have had none of that. Everybody healthy in camp so far this year. Could that be their undoing? That the, the, the averages, law of averages says, yeah, last year they didn't have injuries much at all compared to the other teams around the league. Are they tempting fate by be continuing right. to do the less is more thing? It's going to be a visual answer. Ready? Here's the visual. <laughs> what are you looking for? Um, it's Jody searching for something. It's not there. <laughs> All right. There's no law of averages when it comes to that. I mean, either um, you know, but it happened. Sure, it could happen. Four guys could go down today, but um, I was not enthusiastic. When the practice schedule was basically, hey, we'll practice, you know, once or twice a week. Nobody gets hit. Here you go. Lunch on us. Everybody take a nap. I did not. It took a while to convert me to that. I'm converted. It's, okay. We're not going to go back to the, you know, the Dick Vermeil, the Buddy Ryan, or even the Andy Reid era. This is what it is, and it works. So more power to, to um, the Eagles coaching and training staff. They figured it out. Uh, 
on that note, I will say, Jody and Glenn, the football, uh, or excuse me, the injury bug still owes us from uh, 2017, where all those guys were injured and they still managed oh, to not only make, on. but they win the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. You can't, you win can't, the Super Bowl. You can't be complaining about Super injuries Bowl. in a year when you won the Super Bowl. That still owes us. And then uh, uh, also, uh, also today, uh, full pads. The players are in full pads okay, today. Practice. That's, just that's, just that's, worth noting. That's a good uh, thing to know. All right, mm-hmm. uh, MacMan. Uh, know you got one more day on the beach. Uh, have you seen any sharks up there at Cape Cod? I have not seen any sharks. And you damn stop asking me about that. No, I, I, I have been in the water many, many times. I employ my strategy, which is I always make sure there's one person out deeper than I am. So if the sharks come, and the sharks coming for that guy, not for me. Uh, glad to know you've dodged them so far good to get you back here in the delaware valley tomorrow thanks brother thanks for hopping on with us today uh i'll talk this this sunday you and i are off but the week after you and i will be doing it again on wip and we'll surely have you back back to my grid here uh, yeah Yeah, you go back to your grid uh he does nice to see you glad always a pleasure brother i'll see you santa judy for me that's my pal, uh, Glenn Mack. Now he lives for the grids. Now, uh, he introduced me to the immaculate one, which is baseball, but they've got one for football and hockey and basketball. If you want to have some fun each and every single day. Yeah. It's, it's a fun little thing. Check it out online. Uh, if you go to any of the, uh, blank, blank, blank reference, baseball reference, football reference, hockey reference, they're partners with all of those sites now too. And you can click up the grid every single day. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quickie timeout. Come back. Barzette is in for John McMullen. We've still got, oh, 15 minutes left to talk birds football. Stay right there. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Johnny Mack already over at Bird's practice. Probably talking to the offense coordinator right now. Uh, first time he's had a chance to uh, sit down with the media in season since practice is actually ongoing. He did the off-season media availability. But uh, Brian Johnson, first chance to talk to the uh, local Philly beat guys. Uh, and then the Phillies, excuse me, the Eagles will have a padded practice. Glad to hear that. Because here's one thing I want to see today, uh, Mark Farzetta. I got to give credit to a uh, buddy of both yours and mine today. Uh, Elliot Shore Parks, who covers the Eagles for WIP, heard him yesterday on the radio say, it is amazing that in the year and change now that N'Kobe Dean has been an Eagle in the practices, which Elliot's there for every single snap of every single practice. He said he's never done anything that made you say, wow, either way, that he's never had a play that you went, oh, my God, did you see him knock that ball away? Did you see him strip that ball? Did you see him run down that guy? He's also never had a play where, oh, my God, did you see him get burnt? Oh, my God, did you see him get trucked and uh, driven to the ground by an offensive man? He said, it's amazing in that he does his job, but it doesn't show up either great or god-awful horrific. Either way, yeah, I'm hoping uh, it's because of no pads these first couple of days in practice this year that they actually get some pads on today that maybe Nicobe will grab some attention because of uh, uh, a big play that he makes because they're going to need him to, Mark. It, he is the man at linebacker. If Nicobe Dean isn't quite up to the task, it's going to have a major impact on this Eagle defense. Look, I don't think um... – TJ Edwards' shoes are ginormous to fill, but they're not tiny. Like, he was a good linebacker. Yep. Pretty good linebacker. Sometimes very good linebacker. N'Kobe Dean needs to do that. And just with the way the, the practices are structured now, we're really not going to know what kind of linebacker he is. Look, I see the words, like the buzzwords, communication, command. He's got all that. He's in the starter's role now. He's the number one guy. He's in that role now, and he seems to be very comfortable in that role. But we're not going to be comfortable until probably, I mean, week one for sure. But we're not going to start to feel confident until joint practices really start. Maybe he makes a play on a running back uh, if they at least play thud today, not tackle to the ground, but at least go thud. I don't know if that's going to happen. I haven't seen if that's going to happen. Um, but we're not going to feel comfortable and really start to – have that confidence at the NFL level until at least joint practices and then really start when the, when the preseason starts and obviously when you're starting the actual season. So that that's a big thing. And I remember 
Last year, it was always noted throughout training camp that N'Kobe Dean didn't grab attention. And that's an interesting point that Elliot made because last year, I remember that being a, a, a regular footnote throughout practice was, well, a guy who really hasn't turned a lot of heads or grabbed a lot of attention or stolen a headline or made a play today, N'Kobe Dean. It was like every day it was pointed out that he didn't do anything that was a wow moment. So for right. that to bleed itself into this point in the camp is not that surprising because it's only now going into day four. But when the when the joint practices start, that's where I want some wow moments from Nicobe Dean. But as I liked uh, what Elliot had to say yesterday, he did point out that, and he hasn't made any wow bad plays either because it can cut both ways. Sure, you make wow great plays, but you also make wow. Oh my God, he got abused on that one trying to cover the back out of the backfield. So he's been there. And we'll see if he comes up big when it actually gets underway. Here's what I'm crossing my fingers on, because I'm kind of invested in the Kobe Dean, because draft night last year, he gets into the second round. I thought he had a chance to be a bottom of the first round draft pick. So did second I. Second round, I start going, Eagles should be thinking about Nicobe Dean. The Eagles should seriously consider. No, the Eagles don't value linebacker, but it's Nicobe Dean in the second round. How do you pass? They don't take him in the second and then get him in the third, which I couldn't believe. So I've been on the Nicobe bandwagon back to his Georgia days before mm -hmm. he had put on an Eagle uniform. So I'm, like I said, a little invested in him. Here's what I got to hope for. Only 16 months ago, the Eagles were seriously considering trying to make a trade for Russell Wilson. Only 16 months ago, the Eagles were at least investigating what it would take to get Deshaun Watson here to Philadelphia. And now all is right with the world because Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts. But we weren't sure that was going to be the case 60 months ago. And even then when they were looking at other uh, players, other quarterbacks, everyone said, yeah, but this kid's a great leader. Yeah, but this kid's a take charge guy. Yeah, this kid in the huddle is the kind of guy that the guys will rally around and follow. I believe that about N'Kobe Dean. He hasn't put... He hadn't done anything yet. 32 snaps. He made a couple of tackles in a blowout game last year. But he has produced absolutely nothing to this point. But everybody says the same thing about him. Smart as all get out. Uh, is going to be the captain of the defense this year. It's Jalen Hurts uh, part two. You buying, Farsi? Oh, I'm buying. Yeah, I'm buying on N'Kobe Dean. And I've had the opportunity to spend a, a good amount of time with N'Kobe Dean. We did an extensive interview with him last year as part of a, a Sky Drive segment we did for my show and Ooh. podcast. And he was – it blows you away. Like, you talk to people that are just off the charts brilliant. Like, we're talking about a mechanical engineering major. We're talking about a guy that wants to maybe dabble in pre-med, Jody. So the smarts are there. The drive is there. The work ethic is there. I had a real tough mama growing up, man. Real tough mama. And one of the things I took away from uh, this extensive interview we did is that the guy's work ethic and overall smarts, and then you already know the athletic ability. I mean, look, if you can tell anything at the college level, it is athletic ability. He's got that. Now you just need to put it all together at the professional level. And that's what I'm waiting with bated breath. But if I am buying stock, I am definitely buying stock in the Kobe Dean because I do think he is going to prove himself as a more than legitimate linebacker, middle linebacker, and signal caller for this Eagles defense. All right. So Mark Farzetta and Jody McDonald both on the, the Kobe Dean bandwagon. I'm going to have to keep an eye on this one all year long. All right. Since I already went there early in the show, I'll double down and, and get punched in the face tomorrow. <laughs> what Eagle 
in first day in pads ends up limping off the field. Oh, Jody! Walking off the field. Jody! Uh, Mac now gave me a hard time did the whole search and Jody's looking for things to that. Oh, yeah, I'm doubling down. First day of real practice in bed. Yeah. I'm not talking season ending. I'm yeah. not the doomsayer. Mm. But there's got to be somebody that's going to get hurt day one. Totally. Who's it going to be? Uh, I think Nick Sirianni. I think he's going to yell into oh. his bullhorn. He's going to yell into his bullhorn so hard that it just, he actually, the, the vibrations make it drop and hit his foot, and he's got a, a bruised big toe. And he's got to be, you know, carted around the field tomorrow. So that's that is, my big prediction. What the is, hell is wrong with you, Joe? That is absolutely not going to happen. Don't <laughs> you understand that Nick Sirianni is a tree? That his roots are so well planted, a strong wind comes by. He's not getting knocked over. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. going to be no injury to Nick Sirianni. <laughs> the, 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 the root doctor will not get hurt today. How are you talking about injuries, Jody Somebody's got to get hurt today. It's no, they don't. Practice. No, they don't. They nobody, 90 guys. Nobody is due Come for on. an injury. It's it's what is the matter with you? Team wide receiver is going to pull a hammy today. God forbid somebody Mark gets hurt. Down. Oh, man. I am going to be tweeting the hell out of you today uh, my friend yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> oh i'm the doom, doom. jody's just fault me, just call me the doomsayer uh, RZ, great stuff appreciate you jumping <laughs> in for johnny mac however oh. many times you do it during the uh preseason <laughs> we're gonna love having you on each and every single time thanks for today yeah watch yourself uh you know go, going up and down the steps yeah, there, yeah, Jody. yeah that's hey that would serve i talked about karma bad karma for the denver broncos and they're uh, running his mouth coach sean payton yeah, I could get hurt before the day is out. <laughs> you got a you got a point there, Farzetta. Uh, Mark, thanks, bud. Uh, Always a pleasure, brother. Thank you. Soon. Appreciate right, it. Yes, Johnny Mac will be back tomorrow. Let's see. We got uh, Mike Gill joining us tomorrow, and who else? Oh, Andrew Jacheco from uh, uh, Inside uh, the Birds. Uh, so we got a good show pl planned for you tomorrow. Thanks to Farzy for jumping in for Johnny Mac today. Birds three sixty five. We'll be back in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.